This is What Good, brought to you by Talking Tales and hosted by storyteller Keisha Christie. Oral traditions is an inaugural part of who we are and preserves our culture. Join us every week as we gather and we share stories and talk culture. Gather together your family and friends, learn something new, reminisce about the old days, and most of all, What Good. Welcome to another episode of What Good. I'm your storyteller, Keisha Christie, and this week we are talking about fables and trickster tales. If you know me by now, you know that all the stories that are told, that I tell, that are written down, fairy tales, folklore, Cinderella, Rapunzel, those types of stories, they originated from somewhere. And those characters were either different Um, meaning that they were either man or woman, young or old, or they were doing different things. And over time, the characters changed and the stories changed slightly here or there, depending on the writer. The two stories that I find are the most fun to tell and have evolved the most in some areas, depending on where you get your story from, are fables and trickster tales. Let me talk about these two. So fables and trickster tales are short narratives that use animal characters with human characteristics, attitudes, personalities, features to convey wisdom. These stories were originally passed down through the oral tradition of storytelling in in small groups and large groups. And it was way, way later um, when they were actually written down. So the two sets of stories that I usually talk, that I will be talking about are Aesop fables and trickster tales are Anansi stories, which are my favorites. But there are a few other tricksters that um, I'd like to introduce because they will pop up um, throughout this series. Aesop fables. Let's talk about what Aesop fables are. Aesop was a slave that lived in Greece. And he realized very quickly that nobody wanted to hear the wisdom of a slave. So Aesop took his morals, lessons, um, nuggets of wisdom and turned them into fables, which are the stories that are um, talk about animals interacting with humans or animals interacting with other animals who have human characteristics and attitudes. And in these stories, he would hide or or, or um, relay his message of whatever wisdom he wanted to share at the time. And it wasn't until many moons, many, many moons later, that these stories were written down by the Greeks and the Romans. The second set of stories that I want to talk about are Anansi stories. Um, my favorite trickster is absolutely Anansi. So I talk about Anansi a lot and it's like, okay, okay, okay. Who is Anansi? How do these stories come about? Well, Anansi is a mythical creature, which we know, who has the face of a man and the body of a spider. Now, Anansi was based on the Ashanti spider god. These stories originated in West Africa, in the area that we now know as Ghana, and they were told by the Ashanti people. These stories, along with the Ashanti people, came to the Americas through the transatlantic slave trade. These stories and the people were brought to America, were brought to the Caribbean. Um, A lot of the Anansi stories and the trickster tales are centralized in the Caribbean and heavily rooted there. 
But when the stories came to the Americas, the characters were added and changed. Like a Nancy became Briar Rabbit or um, there are a few other characters that I'll introduce later. There are stories where um, the monkey is the trickster and others where Tiger is the trickster. So the, the, the central trickster character changed in the America to be in America to become different things. Whereas in the Caribbean, it was the traditional spider or a Nancy's stories stayed or remained a Nancy stories with a few additional characters in depending on which island that you are from but mostly um, they stayed central and core to Anansi the spider and his stories are about um, him overcoming uh, overcoming overcoming being the underdog as well as being a character that is very cunning very uh, smart uh, cons- underestimated by being considered extremely lazy although he was but somehow able to um, achieve certain goals and it was always when somebody underestimated him he was able to come out on the other side in certain ways so these stories provided much fortitude to the slaves at the time the importance of these stories were that they didn't begin in slavery they were told long before and the beauty of these stories are that they're told orally so every person who speaks it or tells it they all tell them a little bit differently and you'll notice that um, in Jamaica when you tell an Nancy story and the story is coming to its end you say Jack Mandora we not choose none others will tell you is a Nancy make it so so it depends on where in the Caribbean that you are the endings will will change just a little bit here and there. And even when you listen to the stories that are told, um, the American versions of the stories that are told, it's usually um, the end or something like that. But these stories are just so interesting and a lot of fun to tell. So I've got some great stories to share with you today. Now, because Aesop fables are a little bit shorter, um, we have a few more stories that we usually have in our episodes. So instead of having two stories, we have three stories that we're going to share. Actually, we have four stories that we're going to share with you today. The first Aesop's fable I'm going to share with you today is called The Old Man and Death. Once upon a time, there was an old man who was employed to cut wood in the forest and carry it into the city for sale. One day he was so weary and tired on his journey. It was so long that he just sat down on the side of the road and cried out, Oh, death, come to me. Death, just come. Suddenly, death appeared. And death turned to the old man and said, Why have you summoned me? Well, the old man quickly straightened up himself and said, um, Can you lift up that load and put it back on my shoulders? The load was lifted, placed back on the old man's shoulders, and off he went to the city to sell his wood. <laughs> the lesson in this story is we don't always like to be taken at our word, and I'm certain that that old man was not ready to die. This next Aesop fable is called The Fox and the Crow. There was a crow who stole a piece of meat, proud of himself, perched on a tree, holding the piece of meat in his beak. Now Fox 
had seen the crow with the piece of meat and definitely wanted the meat. But instead of growling, instead of asking, the fox simply opened up his mouth to say, Ooh, what a handsome crow. In all your beauty and splendor, look at your shape and your fairness of your complexion. You are beautiful, definitely a sight to see. There is nothing more equal to your beauty. You must be the queen of all crows in all of your strength, all of your glory, and all of your beauty. <laughs> These words were said deceitfully because the only thing the fox was interested in was the piece of meat in the crow's mouth. Well, the crow, in all of its vanity, was aroused by all the flattery and was definitely very, very excited that the crow opened up her mouth to caw and let the beautiful sound of her voice carry off with the wind. When she opened up her mouth to call, the meat fell out onto the ground and the fox was able to quickly pick it up and said before leaving, addressed the crow by saying, my good crow, your voice is right enough, but I just wanted meat. And off the fox went. The lesson of this story is that he who listens to flattery is not wise, for it has no good purpose. This Aesop fable is called The Hen and the Golden Eggs. A cottager and his wife had a hen, and each day this hen laid a beautiful golden egg. They were so amazed and shocked that every day the hen laid a golden egg that they assumed that somehow there must be a lump sum or a large amount of loot inside the hen. So one day they took the hen and they laid the hen on the table and they chopped off the hen's head and opened up the hen, thinking that they were going to find gold in its veins or gold for its blood, but instead they found nothing. And the golden egg each day stopped because the hen was dead. The moral of this story is, why deprive yourself of daily gains in the hopes for a single lump sum? Well, we can't end this episode about fables and tricksters without sharing an Anansi story. This Anansi story is called Anansi and the Talking Melon. One day, bright sunny day, Elephant was in her garden tending to all of the ripe, tender fruits and vegetables. Elephant was caring for this large, round, succulent melon, and it was just about ripe for the picking. But Elephant had some errands to run. So Elephant left the beautiful melon in the garden and went off to do the errands. Well, Anansi came along and was like, wow, this, this melon smells ripe. It must taste fantastic. 
So when Nancy climbed up on top of the melon and dug a little hole and slipped inside. Oh, and Nancy said he'd have a little bit. Oh, this melon is so sweet. Oh, this melon is so good. Oh, elephant has such a good hand for these fruits. And Nancy went on and on and ate and ate and ate until his belly was full. And then continued to eat some more until the inside of the melon was almost completely hollow. Well, by this time, Elephant was coming back into the garden. And Nancy could hear Elephant talking about cutting the ripe melon. Well, Nancy thought, ooh, I better get out of here and tried to climb back out through the hole. But with all of the eating of that delicious melon, Nancy's gut had expanded so far that he could not get back out of the hole. So Nancy sat in the melon. An elephant came to cut the melon and thought, wow, what a beautiful melon. You're so beautiful. And Nancy replied, yes, I think I am. Elephant made a funny face. The melon was talking. Elephant said, you talk? And the melon replied, of course I talk. Now, elephant did not want to seem crazy, but could not believe that the melon was talking. So he plucked the melon, took it, and ran all the way to the king of the jungle, Gorilla. Gorilla was waiting and wanted to know why Elephant was in such a rush to talk to him about what now? Elephant came and Elephant explained to Gorilla, this melon, it talks. And Gorilla said, I don't believe you. Melons don't talk. Well, this one talks, Elephant said. Leave it here, but I just don't believe you. Okay, Elephant left the melon and Gorilla stared at the melon for a while, wondering, what the heck? How, how could Elephant believe that this melon talks? So Gorilla said, well, talk. And nothing happened. Elephant tapped the melon and said, so talk. Elephant says you talk. Might as well talk. Nothing happened. <sighs> Gorilla looked at himself, looked at the melon and thought, what a stupid melon don't talk. Why am I talking to a melon? And finally, Nancy piped up and said, well, you're the stupid one talking to a melon. <gasps> Gorilla was so shocked that he dropped the melon and it smashed into pieces and Nancy was able to run off and no one ever knew that it was Nancy inside the melon. <laughs> Jack Mandura, Minachu's nun. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Walk Good. A new episode will be uploaded next Tuesday. And as always, we hope that you were able to learn something new, reminisce about the old days, and most of all, walk good.